Welcome to Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode four, and I'll be drinking El Himidor Tequila Silver. Before I get to El Himidor, I wanted to remind my listeners why I do this podcast and what you can expect. I'm doing this to keep a New Year's resolution to myself to simply drink more. So, doing a podcast on liquors and liqueurs. Also, as a listener, uh, you can expect from me to be well-researched and educational. I also hope to be entertaining and consistent in my tastings and reviews. So, on this episode, I've got a substantial bottle of El Himidor silver tequila or tequila silver often referred to as blanco this is an unaged spirit um and el himidor the bottle i have is a 1.75 liter that's about 0.46 of a gallon so not quite a half gallon so not really a handle it's the larger format though as most tequilas it's bottled at 40 percent alcohol by volume making it a 40 proof spirit and this bottle here where I got it sells for about $28 to $30 for the size. So I'm going to pour myself some. And as I do with all of my tastings on this podcast, I'm using a nosing glass. And a nosing glass is a tulip-shaped uh, glass that allows the spirits aromas to kind of gather at the top and lets you get a good nosing of it. I also taste neat at room temperature, so I'm not mixing the spirit, just trying it straight out of the bottle, uh, out of the liquor cabinet as it comes. So, poured myself uh, a bit. It is crystal clear, very pure, uh, looks like water, except for noted alcohol legs or tears. That's just sort of the... Uh, demarcation of the ethanol kind of streaming down the inside of the glass as you sort of swirl it. So let's see how it smells. You get a very clean kind of citrusy flavor. Smells like agave, which uh, if you've had tequila, that's essentially what agave smells like. So it smells like tequila. Yeah, that's good. So let's give it a taste. That's good. As a um, silver tequila, it's not aged, so it doesn't have any of the uh, flavors you get from aging, but it is very crisp and kind of clean tasting. You get a nice warmness as you swallow it from the ethanol. Yeah, citrusy, kind of clean, smooth, mellow. I mean, this is quite good. I enjoy it. It doesn't have any bitterness and no sort of, you know, aftertaste that kind of salt of the taste buds that you get with some other spirits. It's just as very, I guess, clean would be the overriding description I give of the flavor. Let's have another. Yeah, I enjoy that. Just straight, neat. It's good. I chose El Himidor for this episode because I wanted to feature a tequila on the episode that goes live on Cinco de Mayo. And at the time of recording, uh, El Himidor was in my liquor cabinet. I've actually got three bottles this size, so I've got quite a bit of the spirit. This particular bottle I've been drinking out of has got maybe a quarter of it left. And it is left over from a Cinco de Mayo party that my wife and I had last year. And it was quite a bash. We had dozens of friends over, put out a whole spread of make-your-own nachos, uh, you know, with the 
the nacho cheese and the whole whole thing. Uh, and to prepare, we bought like three gallons of tequila. We bought a lot. Uh, so we've got a fair amount of El Himidor, the silver left. We've also got some gold left. Uh, needless to say, we overestimated a little bit. Uh, but, you know, uh, distilled spirits don't go bad. So, uh, and it was a reasonable deal when we bought it all. So it's okay to have it. But this year, at the time of recording this podcast, we're currently under a COVID-19 pandemic stay-at-home order, so there'll be no Cinco de Mayo party this year. But seeing this bottle in my liquor cabinet gave me fond memories of the party we had last year. And we dusted off, we've got a Margaritaville frozen concoction maker, which is basically an automated blender. You put ice in the top, spirits and mixers in the blender below and then you kind of hit the flip the switch i call it the go baby go button and it automatically shaves ice and then blends uh, the spirits the mixers in the blender part and it makes a frozen concoction so it's like good bars will have a commercial version of this where you've got an ice hopper at top that shaves ice into a mix and so we had a lot of friends over and went through a lot of tequila we made uh, three different types of margaritas and a punch with tequila that was the surprise hit i will have all these recipes in the show notes of the type of margaritas we made and i'll have more details on those as well One last thing to note from the uh, margarita party we had last year is I am the proud owner of five dozen glass margarita glasses that we purchased for the event. I'm the type that doesn't like just, you know, throwaway stuff. So we'll use a party as an excuse to buy something. So I have stored away five dozen margarita glasses if anybody needs some. Of course, uh, liquor and liqueur connoisseur is not intended to be a cocktail show, but tequila and margaritas go hand in hand. Actually, margaritas tend to be probably the most commonly ordered mixed drink in bars. And depending on where you look, they can account for up to 15% of all on-premise liquor sales uh, in mixed drinks. So margaritas are very famous and uh, tequila is the backbone of a margarita. So let's get on to El Himador a little more specifically. And the question comes up is, what does El Himador mean? Uh, El Himador actually is the name of the farmer or the worker that harvests the blue agave. And all tequila, to legally be called tequila, is made from one type of agave plant. It's the Weber blue agave. And El Himador is 100% de agave. So legally, it's got to be 51% agave to be tequila. El Himador is kind of a premium version, and so it's 100% agave, uh, blue agave specifically. So El Himador is the name of the worker that actually harvests the blue agave in the field. I really like El Himador's uh, bottle shape, by the way. It's kind of a square rectangular bottle. And the top part above the label has a very detailed relief in the glass of a Himador harvesting a blue agave in a field. The glass on the bottle references the name of the spirit, El Himador. El Himador was launched in 1994, and it's part of the Casa Eradora estate, the Hacienda Eradora. And Eradora is a super premium tequila that I'll likely do a 
uh, podcast episode on in the future. But El Himidor was launched likely to fit kind of a market segment below Aerodora's super premium, and they consider El Himidor a premium tequila in their lineup. So in 1994, uh, El Himidor was launched to fit this uh, market need. El Himidor is also estate bottled, which means it's all made on site. It's uh, made from blue agave grown on the hacienda. Uh, it's all fermented and distilled on site, and then it's bottled on site. So it's estate bottled kind of all in one place. And being a true tequila, El Himidor is made in one of the regulated tequila states in Mexico. It's made in the state of Jalisco, so that uh, allows it to be called a true tequila. Uh, otherwise, it would just be an agave spirit. Um, it's similar to like a champagne, can only be made in Champagne, France. Otherwise, it's sparkling wine. But uh, El Himidor is a true and true tequila. Also for tequila, as I mentioned before, True tequila is only made from the Weber Blue Agave. There's dozens, uh, maybe hundreds of other species of agave, but those are all uh, made into mezcal, not tequila. So the only agave species used for tequila is the Weber Blue. In the late 2000s, uh, El Himidor was the best-selling tequila in Mexico, and it had a 12% market share there. It may have grown since, but I can't find any kind of sales statistics since the late 2000s. But uh, given its success then, it's probably continued to grow. So it it's a famous brand. Uh, some of the market research I saw showed that it had a 98% uh, recognition rate with those surveyed in Mexico. So basically, 98 out of 100 people knew what El Himidor was as a brand. So that's a tremendous brand recognition that they had uh, at the time. El Himidor as a brand was acquired along with uh, Casa Aradura in 2006-2007 by Brown Foreman, which is a storied brand in its own right that's 150 years old as of the recording of this. And Brown Foreman is a large uh, kind of holding company of different distilled spirits. I think they also own a luggage company as well, but primarily in their distilled spirits. I may be wrong on the luggage company. They may have divested from that, but... El Himidor, as part of uh, Casa Aradora, was acquired by Brown Foreman in 2006-2007. And as I mentioned, it's a very popular spirit. One of the things that drove Brown Foreman to acquire the brand was in 2005, the year prior to acquisition, El Himidor sold nearly 1.4 million 9-liter cases of El Himidor worldwide, of which about 150,000 of those cases were sold in the U.S., uh, this includes all types, not just the silver that I've been tasting. Uh, they also make an Añejo and a Reposado, uh, which is a rested and a one-year, kind of an aged one. But the silver, as I've been drinking, is just straight out of the still. For a quick rundown of how El Himidor is made, uh, again, all of the blue agave is grown on the Hacienda in Jalisco, Mexico, and they cultivate the agave through offshoots. They're not using seeds, so they're actually taking shoots from live agave uh, that they're already cultivating and then growing those as new plants. The average blue agave takes at least 10 years to mature. An interesting thing, recently here in my hometown of Portland, Oregon, there is a different species of blue agave that somebody has in their front yard and it is blooming. It's about a 20 year old plant and 
the bloom spike is 20 feet tall from this large agave plant that they have. I went and saw it. It's gorgeous looking and took a picture. I'll post a picture on our social media of me and my son in front of this big agave. It's not a blue agave that they make tequila out of, but the agave plant is quite interesting. So for tequila production, however, though, they don't let the plant flower because when it flowers, it goes to seed and then changes the the structure of the plant. But they allow the blue agave to mature until at least 10 years when they're ready for harvest. The agave, of course, is harvested by a humidor, and that's where this brand gets its name, of course. And a humidor uses a round, very sharp blade uh, referred to as a koa, and it's on a typical handle and they wield it with great precision and care. It's purported that it takes years to learn how to become a hemidor. And the hemidor goes, and they're the ones responsible for making sure that the specific agave that they're harvesting is ready for harvest. And so they cut the, the outside leaves off of the, the center heart with their koa blade, and they expose the heart of the agave and the heart once they've cut all the leaves off is referred to as a piña and that's due to its resemblance to a pineapple because it does look like a large pineapple when it's cut. So the piñas have a lot of starch and sugar and that's the feedstock for fermentation that then leads to distillation and the piñas however need to be cooked first and El Himidor likely does this in large pressure cookers because they produce a tremendous volume of tequila every year. Uh, so typical commercial pressure cooker production will take maybe about six hours to actually cook the piñas. And then uh, the piñas are typically ground and shredded and the resulting juice is referred to as a mosto. And the mosto for El Himidor is naturally fermented, which means they're not adding yeast. They're just letting the natural yeast that's floating around in the air of the fields on the hacienda kind of seed the fermentation tanks or vats and the juice then naturally ferments. Fermentation for El Himidor takes a couple of days. Once the mosto is fermented, it's double distilled. And I imagine that they're doing this through a column or continuous still for efficiency. I would bet money on that fact that they're using column stills. So they'll double distill the tequila. And when it comes out the second one, it is ready for bottling. They will uh, make sure it's the appropriate proof. So they may dilute it with a touch of water to get to 40% alcohol by volume. But after that, ta-da, you've got tequila. If they're going to age it into an añejo or a reposado, they'll put it into oak. But for the silver I'm drinking, it's fresh off the still. And I must say that uh, El Himidor, this is quite smooth. It's a very clean taste. I've been drinking a fair amount of it during the recording of this podcast. And yeah, it's just is very pleasant, neat. I mean, it, it's nice on ice as well, but uh, yeah, it, it's very good. Just straight right out of the bottle. It also is tremendous, however, I know from experience in margaritas. And like I said, tequila and margaritas go hand in hand. One last tidbit on tequila, the fact that this is 100% de agave, so 100% agave, takes a lot of agave to actually make tequila, and they're waiting 10 years to, to grow one agave to harvest it, at least 10 years for it to be large enough, and the average piña, when they harvest it, can weigh somewhere around 140 pounds, so it's a big uh, you know, piece of plant matter, and 
it takes about 15 and a half pounds of raw agave to produce a liter of tequila. So that means that my one bottle here I've been drinking is the distilled result of perhaps 26 pounds of blue agave. I find that quite impressive. And of course, for cocktails, I've been talking a lot about margaritas. And the two types that we made for our Cinco de Mayo party last year were both featured on the Margaritaville Frozen Concoction Machine website, and we selected them because they sounded really good. The first was a peachy ginger Rita, and that recipe will be in the show notes. And we also did a Key West Margarita, which featured some melon liqueur, and episode one was on Midori, the original melon liqueur. So the Key West Margarita would not have been a available without the invention of Midori in the first place. So did those two recipes. But also our Cinco de Mayo party had a surprise hit, which was a sparkling rosé margarita punch. And this had a strawberry basil infused tequila. And so we took a bunch of the El Jimador, perhaps a bottle. I don't remember. It was a lot that we used for a large punch bowl. And we infused strawberries and basil in it for like a day before the party. Uh, And then we made this whole punch it was tremendously good it used uh, sparkling rosé wine with the uh, strawberry basil infused el jimador and some other mixers and again the recipe will be in the show notes but it was so good by the end of the party i polished off what was left from the punch bowl and i will share on social media the photo of me drinking the last bits of this uh, <laughs> sparkling rosé margarita punch because it was very good and i must say that the el Humidor, tequila, silver, made it great. So in summary, what do I think? I think that uh, El Humidor tequila silver is a great tequila. It is very delightful, just neat. Uh, It's likely a little better on the rocks uh, if you want it chilled, but it's a great mixer. I think it's a tremendous value. I mean, I paid not even $30 for nearly half a gallon. I'm used to spending quite a bit more than that on a standard fifth of other spirits. So uh, it's very clean, very smooth. It uh, has a nice agave flavor to it. So if you want a true tequila, El Jimador, it's popular for a reason. I mean, you can't knock a mass market brand for doing what it does right. And Casa Aradura does it right. I think that they're growing all of the blue agave on the hacienda. They're harvesting it by hand with El Jimador's. And then they're going through the natural fermentation and distillation process. And then they're bottling a a lovely product. So I definitely would recommend. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Liquor and Liqueur Connoisseur. As always, please subscribe and share. Show notes are on liquorandliqueurconnoisseur.com. Uh, you can find the show on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, we're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's where we share most of the photos that we talk about. You can always see the bottles that I'm actually drinking out of. So please leave your feedback, comments, corrections, suggestions via social. And until the next episode, thank you. Thank you.